Wow, that's a nice graphic. Whoever put that graphic together, <coughs> Katie Salitis, you you really did a good job with that. I'm I'm loving it. Hey guys, it's it's Jay. Um, we're starting a little bit late tonight, um, but we just had a little bit of a, a scheduling conflict, and it's all good. It's only half an hour. I'm sure you guys survived without me for that long. Um, as a, and as you can see, I'm your only host tonight. Both Katie and Jane are off for tonight, and they really deserve it. They've been working their butts off, so um, it's just me. But we all know that I'm your favorite anyway. That's okay. Um, before we get into the show, I do need to give a big shout out to uh, one of the show's sponsor, uh, Joe Compton from Go Indie Now. I play Joe's ad. That is, if I've got this uh, video function figured out here, we'll see. Um... Hello, everybody. I am Joe Compton, and welcome to our channel, Go Indie Now. This is the place that celebrates indie artists and indie art, and we do so by producing several shows that either air on daily, weekly, monthly or seasonal scheduling and within those shows we aim to educate and entertain you if you're t if you're an indie artist who's trying to figure out how to do this this is the place you need to be if you're an indie artist who's looking to promote and doesn't have any avenues and, and is tired of the grind this is the place to be because remember it's always time to go indie now I wish I could figure out how to do cool video ads like that. Those are great. Um, all right. So we're getting into it tonight. And since I'm the only host, you guys can expect a little bit more serious, Jay, since I actually have to concentrate. I'm the one doing the things instead of Katie doing all the work and me just goofing around and uh, derailing things. Uh, but we have a wonderful guest tonight. And I've actually uh, spoken with, with Chloe before on the Unafraid podcast. So I'm, I'm really geeked to be talking to her again. Chloe Davis, how are you tonight? I'm good, Jay. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you're, you're well, and you had kind of a crazy night, so I, I'm glad that you're even here. You just stepped off a flight, right? I did. I just landed. Um, I'm I'm originally, well, I'm originally from St. Louis, and this is actually where I landed, but um, I'm coming from New York City because that's where I live, and had to come home uh, to check on my mama. She's not doing the best, so um, coming home to check on her. Well, you you gotta gotta take care of mom, and I'm I'm glad that you came home to check on her. I'm, I hope that that things turn around for her and she starts doing a little bit better. Me too. Thank you. Uh, Thank yeah. you. Well, I have this cool little um, graphic that I borrowed from In Magazine that I that I just uh, found here with an adorable picture, and then this is a book cover. What's up? I mean. What's up with this book? Did you write a book? Is that the thing? Yes, yes. You know, it's so funny because, you know, we got a chance to speak already on your wonderful podcast, Unafraid. But yes, so the Queen's English. Let's talk about it. So actually, I have, um, and I have a little surprise later, but um, the Queen's English. Um, this Ooh. is the dictionary. It's a celebration of um, over 800 terms that celebrate and empower and affirm gay and queer identity. It is the LGBTQIA plus dictionary for lingo and colloquial phrases. Um, it is it is my baby. It um, It is a long time of work over 10 years, um, more so actually over, uh, about 15 years actually completion. Um, and it it's just truly a celebration of the diversity, the intersectionality, um, and spectrum of human identity. And it's just, um, you know, a celebration of queer and gay identity, right? Um, and it is a way for those who are not in the community also, right? A way for um, our allies and those who, sh you know, are want to be our future allies can just learn more about us. And when I say about diversity and intersectionality, because um, when we think about words and language, language, um, is created to articulate an experience. And um, usually within our world, right? And I say our, our world because I identify as bisexual. Um, usually within our world, terms and language isn't out there in mainstream, right? So we are impelled to create words that truly affirm us and empower us, right? 
um, and really articulate our identities and experiences with those identities. And when I talk about, um, of course, like the intersectionality, you know, within our larger umbrella of LGBTQIA+, right? You know, of course, lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, queer, asexual, intersex, you know, um, non-binary, gender non-conforming, bi-gender, there's so many different identities, right? And this dictionary is truly um, a resource that not only empowers, but validates, affirms, articulates these experiences. But I also like to talk about, you know, the layered of our identity, right? Because, you know, our experiences are different based on our age, based on our race, based on, you know, um, where we live, our religion, our first languages, right? So this is just, um, hopefully I strived to really create something that was truly inclusive, right? And not just from one lens, but from the many lenses and the beauty and uh, spectrum of our humanity. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, sure. And, uh, and I, I want to dig into that. I do want to uh, say a quick hello. We've got, uh, you know, some commenters here. We have Joe Compton, who's one of the show's sponsors. We have Rebecca Jonesy, another show sponsor. We love you, Rebecca. Anita Stewart, Tim uh, Niederritter. Tim, I sure hope that I'm saying your last name right. I know you've schooled me on that in the past, but uh, yeah, so we've got in Diana Robert, Robertson. Um, thank you guys so much for showing up and commenting. We love it. Keep it up. I love it when you guys pick on me. Um, you know, I definitely don't cry after the show um, about your words. So, um, well, you know, and, and I already have some inside knowledge in, into this book because, like you said, you and I have talked on Unafraid. And uh, and Joe, Joe Compton says one of his favorite episodes of, of Unafraid. Thank you so much, Joe. Um, it was. It was really, really cool. I, I was I was really geeked to have you that that first time around. And I think that maybe a good way to start out this conversation about the book is with maybe a maybe a, a loose definition. You know, when you first started, you you mentioned the word queer, and I mm -hmm. think that for people that are not a part of the queer community, mm -hmm. that word might still be a little bit of a mystery. You know, mm -hmm. is it a good word? Is it a bad word? What exactly does it mean? Could you give us a little bit of schooling on this? Yeah, absolutely. Do, okay. I mean, do we want to read from the dictionary? We'll, we'll read from the dictionary as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, want to, I, I want to actually take that word queer because uh, when we think of that word, um, their reaction can be very different, right? Um, queer um, was once a word that was derogatory, that was a slur that referred mostly to gay men, um, and it was harmful, it was belittling, and, and usually was, it was presented with malice, right? However, things evolved and um, queer was reappropriated by our larger community. Um, to, to really represent something that um, is all-encompassing when it comes to your sexuality, right? Meaning it's queer, that it's just non-heterosexual. Or when it comes to your identity, um, whether that be expression or just gender identity, it is, it is non-heteronormative. And that word heteronormative usually focuses on something that is cisgender and that is heterosexual. So when when, when you hear the word queer, particularly now in 2021, you know, it is something that is, an, um, it is a word that truly articulates uh, identity that has um, a range of um, not being heterosexual and not being cisgender and or not being cisgender. So it kind of gives um, individuals an opportunity to, you know, be queer, right? Not necessarily have to be put in a particular label, but they have the opportunity to be fluid and to express themselves um, outside of this uh, scope. Again, that is heteronormative. But again, I talk about queer and having it and having many definitions, right? Because again, I cannot negate that queer was once a derogatory term, and too many, too many in the community, it is still a derogatory term, and that is valid. However, it has also evolved and been and been reappropriated and 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 proclaimed like empowered by many individuals in our community as well um and i will say a lot of them 
um, are younger, right? Maybe millennials, maybe um, uh, Gen X, right? I mean, Gen Z, right? So it, it's just kind of where you put it. But but queer is um, a wonderful word to talk about. Like it's etymological, uh, excuse me, etymological, you know what? Just got off the plane. We know what we know what word you're etymological. <laughs> I can't even say it. Wow, Chloe. Wow. Okay. okay. I'm just I'm word gonna history. Get, just say word. I'm gonna history. give myself grace too. You know, I'm but I'm gonna go, I'm gonna read queer and I'm gonna come back to the etymology of <laughs> of it. Um, so I'm gonna pull up cues. And I was gonna say, like, as I kind of lit. Let's see, flip through the pages. You see it's pretty colorful here. And then we'll talk about the color and the layout and yeah, the that art. doesn't that doesn't look like a boring old dictionary. Oh no, no, yeah. no, no. It's 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 quite fun and on purpose, you know, wanting to really engage and, and, and interact. Okay. So queer. So queer is on this page. So I love queer because not only um is it definitions as you see. Um, but there's beautiful artwork, and this artwork was actually done by Cassandra Fontine. I worked with four different illustrators for this dictionary. Um, so queer actually is a featured term as well because of so many definitions. So I'm going to read a few, and then I'm going to talk about these other elements when you see, like, the did you know, and sorry, there it is, the usage note. Okay, here we go. So queer, adjective, an umbrella term describing anyone who identifies as something other than heterosexual and or cisgender, noun, a queer person. And so in the dictionary as well, there is a usage example. And so this usage example is actually, um, Elton John said this, it says, I just wish more of my fellow queers would come out sometimes. It's nice out here, you know? And then there's another section called, it's like a synonym and it says, want more info? And it has really the emoji, right? And that is kind of like a synonym that connects the term with a, like a quick reference, right? So this one is anyone in the LGBTQIA plus spectrum, right? Can be queer, but I wanna say something that's really important. When, when someone acknowledges their identity, right? Um, and uses a label, then we use those labels, right? So if someone identifies as queer, we use that label. If somebody identifies as lesbian, we use that label because that those are the labels that um, make that individual feel uh, valid, important, affirmed, heard, seen, all of the above, right? So I wanna say it's so important that we use only, only the labels that the person has self-assigned themselves, right? Um, it is- easy to do that too by by just mm -hmm. listening and, mm -hmm. and not interrupting like i just did no but, no please you know. no this is our this is our conversation jay <laughs> I, I mean and and on the unafraid podcast my default is is always to say queer uh just because it it flows off it rolls off my tongue easier than lgbtqia plus mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um but i'm always listening because if my guest if i feel like they're not having a good response to that or if they don't mm -hmm. use that i'm like okay i'm i'm automatically not going to use that because I don't want to say something that because I found out sometimes older older queer mm -hmm. people old elder queers mm -hmm. are, are still have that in their head of when maybe when they were younger and it, and it was was a slur it was derogatory mm -hmm. and and they they haven't gotten that out of their head so I, mm -hmm. I try to I try to be conscious of that yes so I um and there's actually another term in here but I'm gonna actually jump to uh, the usage notes and the did you know. So I'm going to talk a little bit about um, the usage notes and the did you know. So when you see usage notes, that means that there's more information about the term that you need to know, right? So it it will tell you it will tell you that this term originated in a particular community, right? So we can say like this word maybe originated in the ballroom scene or this word originated in the leather community or this word originated um, in the lesbian community or even going more so that this word originated in the black lesbian community, right? So it will tell you that type of information, but it also tells you information like this. So this is associated with queer, which is something I kind of went over earlier. Once derogatory, the term has been reappropriated by much of the LGBTQI plus community to be an inclusive identifier for anyone within it. 
However, not all members of the LGBTQI plus community are comfortable with this term and refrain from using it. So that kind of goes back to what I was saying that, you know, the word has um, reactions, right, uh, by, by our community. Some react with uh, liberation and excitement and affirmation, and some react with, with, with pain and trauma and hurt, right? Because we have to remember again how language has um, can can hurt and empower at the same time, depending on your experience, right? So, so here's a here's a little a little thing. So the did you know part that goes even more deeper, the etymology of the word we got it now, right? But it goes more deeper into queer, right? So the did you know. The word queer came into popular use in the gay community in the early 1900s after being used for hundreds of years to mean strange or particular. Um, for many years, the term was used in a derogatory way which described homosexuals until the 1980s when activists reclaimed the word as a political proactive way to take ownership of their identities. So that kind of gives you how things evolved with, with the word queer, right? And so these are the types of elements that are kind of throughout this dictionary. You know, that's when the kind of heavy research came in of, like I was saying, over a decade of research, because I felt like it was important to not just define a word, not just to show how to use it, and not just to give a synonym, right? That That's a dictionary. And this is a dictionary too, but we're so much more than that, you know, and I think it's important to um, celebrate and honor our history, right? Um, because our history, our general history books aren't teaching this. So this is just a way that we can kind of dive in and learn more about who we are and and how we're able to be so queer and be so free about it is because those before us, you know, fought for the liberation, right? So I think it's just really important that we know know our history well and you know as as someone who grew up in an age where physical dictionaries were something that you had to use in school and physical encyclopedias um because i'm i'm ancient i'm you know 40 something now um you know the the definitions in in the dictionary you know the merriam webster dictionary they were never really they never really felt sufficient to understand even even the words you were looking up for a school project mm -hmm. you know it's you know, symbiosis. Okay. Well, look that up in the dictionary. You get, you know, <laughs> you get the definition, but you might still not know what the hell that means. And, mm -hmm. and it sounds like this, this also has a little bit of that uh, encyclopedic knowledge to it. Uh, yeah. Dive in deeper, which I think is cool. Mm -hmm. And I, I have a couple more words. I want to run, run uh, through your filter if you wouldn't okay. mind. Okay. I, I'd, Do it. I'd, I'd, I'd like to start with, um, with two that should be fairly easy, but are very, very often misunderstood, okay. um, kind of right at the top here. You know, you already mentioned cis, C-I-S, mm -hmm. and yep. heteronormative. Okay. And so I, so yeah. I, I want to make sure people know that these aren't bad things. So I want to- Oh, no, 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 no. They're not, they're not bad things. They're actually just facts. <laughs> um, okay, so let's go to- uh, cis right so actually cis let's see there it is cis actually is short for cisgender right and um you know just to you know give you a quick reference a, a cisgender person um because we can talk about cisgender versus transgender right so a cisgender person is an individual who identifies with the um check female, check male, check boy, check girl on the birth certificate that the doctor gave. That's like the breakdown. So we have to take it back a little bit. So we were all born and usually a doctor will check boy, girl, right? And as of, I want to say a few years ago, and I think in Colorado has, has checked intersex, right? So that's still a, a, a new thing, which needs to continue to be pushed, right? Um, so when, so the doctor assigns us, right? So you can be, so those acronyms, um, or you say assign female at birth or assign male at birth, right? AFAB, AMAB. 
So when you identify as what the doctor assigned you at birth, you are cisgender. If you do not identify with what the doctor assigned you at birth, you are transgender. Both are valid. Both are beautiful. Both are wonderful, right? Um, but it's one of those things that the doctor has said, okay, this is who you are because usually based on your sexual anatomy, right? So we're going we're gonna to break some things down a little bit. Usually based on your sexual anatomy, right? So if your sexual anatomy um, is, is, is masculine, right, is male or traditionally male, then the doctor assigns you as male, right? If your sexual anatomy is feminine or female, then the, a doctor assigns you as that. However, what I want to break down, and there's a great um, illustration in here. I'm going to bring it up. It's called the gender bread person, right? Ooh. So this one actually goes uh, vertical. It's a little different, but it's a breakdown of, of identity, right? So we, we're, we're talking about um, the sexual anatomy. That's one thing. We talk about the gender identity that's up here. And that's when I said cisgender, transgender, who, who are you, right? How do you identify? And, we and that's, use, and again, that's up to you, right? So yeah, Jay, you want to say something? I, I was, I was going to say, we can, we can use me as an example. I'm mm -hmm. perfectly fine with that because I, okay. I consider myself a, a transgender person. I was mm -hmm. assigned male at birth, meaning mm -hmm. I had, you know, male primary sex organs. I have a penis and, mm -hmm. you know, it, only as you know, 38, 39 year old person did I start to realize that this thing that I knew was was different my whole life was actually that I my gender identity didn't line up with what I was assigned at birth. So I don't mm -hmm. I don't consider myself uh, a man, even mm -hmm. though I look like one and I sound like one and I you know interact safely in in male sa spaces. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's not who I am, and mm -hmm. I'm it, it's a it's a tough thing because when you look and you sound a certain way, you know, everyone puts you into a certain category, but mm -hmm. through learning, through the unafraid podcasting, being able to talk to dozens of other trans people, you know, mm -hmm. I've, I've come to learn that, you know, it's, it's okay to look like this and still be the person I really am, which is kind of right. like this mushy in between non-binary thing that I'm still figuring out. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's okay. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm married to a wonderful cis woman and she's fantastic. I mean, cis people are great. Trans people are great. Mm -hmm. it's, and, and there's this weird idea that um, the LGBTQ plus community is somehow insulting, um, you know, people by calling them cis. And, and it's just, that's just not the case. It's, you know, no, it's not an insult. It's, it just, it is what it is, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, it, it it's okay. But what so what is problematic though is so it was a I, I changed the page, but what's problematic is when there's cis privilege, right? You know what I mean? When when um a, a person because of their identity receives privilege, right? And the other one and the other person receives marginalization, that's what's problematic, right? And we see this. That more and more, even when we talk about healthcare, you know, let's talk about healthcare. Let's talk about the fight for healthcare right now, you know, and and the fight for you know our young, you know, trans, um, our youth, you know, being able to participate in sports or being able to get gender affirmation therapy and medication, you know, so that they can be affirmed in who they are. Again. Why is the fight? Why is there a fight? You know, if if a cisgender person um, is able to participate in whatever in, in their sports and if a cisgender person can go to the doctor and say, OK, I need this medication because this is what I want to do and there's no qualm about it. That's a problem. You know what I mean? So that's when it's problematic. You know what I mean? So I wanted to uh, break that down. And just a little bit more about the the, and thank you, Jay, for 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 um, you know breaking it down. You're right. Like you you have sexual anatomy, gender identity is up here, right? Sexual orientation is a whole another thing. That's a whole other ball game. <laughs> it's a whole another thing, right? And then last but not least, your gender expression, 
that is, they're all, they're all, they, they can be independent of each other. You know, it, one does not have to influence the other. You know, what makes, what makes it independent is what makes you beautiful. So let, let me show you this real quick. This is a men's shirt that, that I bought and then I embroidered with, I am no man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm just trying to muddy up the water as much as I possibly yeah. can. <laughs> so that, it, it, that's, that's the, I guess that's the beauty of humanity, right? It's what, what I am trying to help the world see as, you know, I have been on, on the journey as well, is just understanding spectrum, understanding the uniqueness of individuals, understanding that we may have been taught these like binary, very boxed in ways of living, but truth be told, it was never like that, you know? You may not, people may have not have seen that diversity, but it was, it's always been here, you know? Um, and I think what's great is now because people are able to be more out and open and celebrate that identity, I think it just encourages others to take that leap of faith and be brave and be you, right? I'm right. Yeah. Damn right. Well, and so hetero, oh yeah, heteronormative. We can oh, just yeah. quickly go over that. Yeah. Hetero, and I, I think I talked about it a little bit before. Heteronormative, well, actually that could be a little problematic. Heteronormativity, right? So what's that basically what's that that saying is that um we're 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 boxing things in where we are prioritizing a scope of life. We are prioritizing and saying that uh being heterosexual, being cisgender, um, associating traditional roles of masculine and femininity with males and females, that is normal, right? Um, only she, her pronoun, um, uh, she, her, or um, he, him pronouns, you know what I mean? Not having they or Z or, or ear pronouns, right? Um, that is under the scope of heteronormative. It, 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 it's very structured. It's very binary. It's very boxed in. And um, it is uh, very wrong <laughs> because it dismisses, mutes, and also erases uh, the true spectrum of identity. Well, and there's, there's, I do have one more word I'm hoping you can mm -hmm. help us def define here. I'm sure there'll okay. be more words. I, I'm totally okay. lied there. Um, and this is a really important one that you mentioned right at the, the top of the show too, but mm -hmm. I, I think it would be good for people to hear from you on. Um, mm -hmm. And that is uh, intersectional or intersectionality. However, we Oh, wanna... intersectionality. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to read this because it's this excellent. Great. I love, um, you've got a great reading voice. I like this. Oh, <laughs> Thank you. Okay, everyone. Today, I, I mean, I'm, I'm like your, I'm your librarian. I'm your teacher. Um, okay, let's. You know what? I, I want. I wish I could like flip through together, but I kind of get a little thrown off with um. I'm so wanted to. So we're gonna go to eyes. I wanted to show you the illustrations, which I like because this one actually has an illustration too. So you can kind of see this. So if you see the layout, it's really fun. It's vibrant um, illustrations, colors, pride flags, as you, let me move it here. Pride flags, as you see, are, are uh, throughout. Okay, intersectionality. And if, uh, let's, let's like look at, there it is. Look at that. So you see ethnicity, gender, first language, race, age, ability, right? So these are layers, the intersectionality of who you are really, and, and how you articulate your journey with who you are, right? So intersectionality now, the complex way in which varied forms of discrimination overlap or intersects, um, intersect. The importance of focusing on the presence of all marginalized communities within the larger framework of society. Um, and this was created by Kimberly Crenshaw. So um, when we talk about intersectionality, you know, we talk about the diversity, right, of, of individuals. So if it's not, um, and, and we'll, we have to go here, right? So if it's not white, if it's not most likely male, um, if it's not heterosexual, right, then it's most of the time marginalized, right? Women are marginalized, 
Blacks are marginalized. People of color are marginalized, right? Um, queer, gay, intersex, bisexual, poly, non-binary people are marginalized, right? Because we, we don't fit in that scope of the power, right? The power, as we see, whether, whether we don't want to vocalize it or not, is in whiteness, maleness, and straightness, right? So when we talk about this intersectionality, we're really just talking about the diverse layers of who we are, you know? So for me, you know, with my intersectionality, I am a woman, I am bisexual, I am black, right? So these experiences, the, the experience of being a woman, right? So yes, I've dealt with uh, sexism, you know what I mean? The experiences of me being bisexual, Yes, I've dealt with biphobia or, or saying, you know, I have to choose being gay or being straight, right? So muting my identity, I've dealt with that. Um, if you're in a relationship with just a man, you can't be a real bisexual. Something right. I've heard, I've heard and, that and, one before too. Yeah, and that, 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 that is whoever I choose to, you know, whoever, or chooses me, you know, but, you know, whoever my partner is, you know, that doesn't dismiss my sexual orientation, right? Um, and then the other part, like being black, okay, we don't, that's all that we all know what that's about. You know, if, if 2020 didn't teach us anything, you know, we know, we no know racism what, in America, we on. know what that's about, right? So, so that's the thing. These experiences are quite different based on all of these layers of who you are. And not even just myself, let's talk about if, if you are an immigrant, right? Let's talk about if you are AAPI, you know, and, and queer. Let's talk about if you are, you know, if you are trans and 16, that experience, right? So it's just like these are different, the intersectionality of things and how, how these experiences are marginalized and discriminated. But that's, but, but, but hopefully we will get out of that and, and really embrace and empower the true spectrum of identity. I, I know I sound like a broken record, but but that's what, that's the goal. You know what I mean? It's not to, it's not to dictate that this is the only way it is to, it is to embrace that there are many ways. Yeah. I, I completely agree. And I, and I love that message and I think it's a beautiful thing. And that's something that growing up, that's a message that I didn't know that I didn't mm -hmm. hear. You know, I, I grew up in a country town it was all white people and you know you know everybody you know appeared straight whatever that means and and so i i really didn't have straight passing yes straight <laughs> passing you know i i didn't have exposure to to much else besides that in all of the kids that i grew up with were the same way you know they mm -hmm. didn't have exposure and i think that things are, are definitely different now i don't know that things are are great for the the queer community there's there's a long ways to go absolutely um, but there are, are more resources now at least i mean then with the advent of the the internet i mean that alone mm -hmm. changed things a, a huge amount and we have books like yours and and many others that are again another resource for people to to be able to to find out information that you know maybe they didn't grow up with you know maybe absolutely. mom and dad don't know these things but mm -hmm. i do want the answers mm -hmm. um, and i yeah i like i like that you said that because we have to remember and I love what you said earlier. You said, and I'm still evolving because that's beautiful because we are still evolving, right? So yes, Jay, you know, yes, you, you know, they, them pronouns, Who? but who knows what is to happen four years from now or a year from now, or, you know, because we are all on this, you know, journey of evolution. And so that's why I think the dictionary truly helps everyone right those within the community to just learn more about self and then those who are not in the community to learn more about self as well as those they love right for sure for sure mm -hmm. well and you know what right kind of earlier in the in the show you were talking about um words that have been uh, reclaimed or, or reappropriated um, mm -hmm. by the community and um one of them and you would say that sometimes people are, are more resistant or, or don't like certain words and and there is one that i definitely don't like and that's the word fag because mm. that was like top tier insult when i was young and just the other day because my my youngest is is uh gay and they 
they made themselves a, a little bracelet that says fag on it. And, it, and it's kind of like a, you know, like a badge of honor for them. Mm-hmm. And they, they wear it really proudly. But every time I see it, I, I just, I cringe a little inside because I mean, it's, it's just, it's one of those words. It's just um, like, just like queer, right? Yeah. Just like we talked about earlier with queer, because you, you feel great about queer, right? We had this yeah. discussion before. You're like, I feel affirmed. I feel like this is me. But faggot or fag, you're like, absolutely not. It's the same thing. You know what I mean? It's it's because when you were when you grew up and, and how you interacted with that word really will determine, you know, if it's going to be positive or negative. And again, we talk about like, um, you know, how how words evolve and and where you are and when when it evolves and fag, dyke. Um, even sissy, you know, um, fairy, these are terms that have also the meaning of that, that could be derogatory, but also can be so, someone can self-proclaim themselves as that, right? As, as one of, one of your children, right? Um, feels empowered by that word, you know, and I, and I have several friends, you know, that's like, I'm a fag. You know, and it's just like, yes, all the power. Yeah, well, it, makes, it makes me yeah. happy to see them happy and, and proud. But it's just like that. That's not something I can own yet. You know, I, yeah. I can't own that. Word. And that's OK. <laughs> and that's OK. That's the thing. And I, I want to say, too, just because you're part of, you know, this larger, wonderful community doesn't mean you use all the language or that all the language even belongs to you, right? And that's when I go back again with like different communities. Um, and I wanna talk about the ballroom scene uh, quickly because, um, you know, with Pose and Legendary um, and of course, Drag Race, right? So there's a lot of term terminology that now main, well, has been appropriated in the larger uh, game crew spectrum, but also has been appropriated by mainstream culture, right? Mainstream pop culture. And so, like, when we think of, like, shade and fierce and read, slay, over, come through, push through, hunty, all of these words, they come from the ballroom scene. And the ballroom scene was um, created in, like, I want to say the late, late, late 1960s, but booming by the by the 1970s. And it was created in New York City in Harlem. And it was created for Black and, and also Latino, Latinx, people of color who were gay and queer and trans because they needed a place that affirmed them because homophobia is real, because transphobia is real, because racism is real. It was real then and it's still real now. So they created a space that truly affirmed and articulated who they were, right? Um, And who they are now. And so this language evolved from these experiences that, that, that was going on, right? And now because the language is so fierce, Now the whole world is using it, you know, but we, we, we can't forget that language that was created to affirm them. So we, so we don't want to, you don't want to appropriate things. We can appreciate things, but not appropriate. Right. So that's the thing that, you know, going a little bit into about the ballroom scene, but you know, the butch fem binary in the lesbian community, you know, that was created in the 1940s. And, and the word bull dagger, bull dyke was created in the 1920s during the Harlem Renaissance to, you know, to articulate a woman who liked other women or a woman who just was more masculine um, and AG in, 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 her, uh, in her expression, you know? So these words have history. And again, it goes back to like, when us really understanding these words and and why they came about, I think that's, that's empowering too. Well, we've been talking a lot about the, uh, the words, but I'd like to get into kind of the, the why of this and, and Mm -hmm. how it all started, you know, why, why did you set out to do this? I mean, it's amazing. Don't get me wrong, but why mm-hmm. on earth did you did you set out on this huge undertaking? You know, there's so many. I need to go because this, this, this. Well, first <laughs> and foremost, um, I was part of a wonderful dance company in Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Dance Company, also known as Philadenko. And I was in my early 20s. And um a lot of the men in the company were in the ballroom scene. So I was learning these words like firsthand and, you know, 
I was, I loved it, right? Just like the world loves it. And, but I was curious as to what it meant and how it came about, you know, maybe that was the nerd in me. So what was happening is I would, you know, ask my friends, you know, what does this mean? And a lot of times, you know, when they would define it, you know, these are not, I don't call these words slang, but if we were to say they were slang, um, you, you use slang to kind of define slang. And so what was happening is I would joke around and think about it and give it like this uh, more academic scholarly definition. And everybody would just crack up, even myself, we called it Oxford Dictionary. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, that's so good. And I, and I, I did it and it was a game, but then I had my little notepad and cause this was in 2006 actually had my little notepad and, and, and my pen and I just kept collecting words and it was just, it was a bonding moment. And then, you know, uh, I am a performer. I'm an, I'm an actor and a dancer, a creative. And so I traveled a lot, but I also um, did theater, right? So when I started doing musical theater, then my friends were a little different then. It, they were actually white gay men, right? So I learned about bears and otters and wolves and twinks and twonks, right? And again, it was like, oh, and then, you know, the lesbian community learning about lipstick, lesbian, chapstick, lesbian, butch, butch, um, diva, diva femme, high femme, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's so many, and those are, and those are more so like expressions, right? Like uh, within the lesbian community um, based on your, or your outer ap appearance, the way you kind of, you know, uh, your day-to-day -day look, right? Um, and then, and then it got to a point too, where I just started doing more self-reflection and wanting just to know more about me. You know, I, I had been with men and women, but you know, again, I was kind of shamed. It was like, you have to pick a side, but picking a side felt wrong. You know, it just, it just never felt like me right so i just i didn't i didn't have resources i just didn't have resources to help me articulate what bisexuality was and i didn't meet anyone who was openly bisexual until my early 20s and you know so i i was like i'm gonna create a resource for me you know what i mean so i can walk more um strong and proudly in in this journey and so learning words like heteroflexible um bi curious uh, learning more about the poly community, you know, um, and and that that I, I I did this resource for me too, you know, to like stand and who I am, and I think, you know, by doing that, I I was also geared up to help others stand more firmly in who they are, right? So seeing terms that you know you can relate to is important. You know what I mean? That and it's not one focus. It's not just these words and nothing else. Like to see like words that are about BDSM, words that are, are about, you know, um the aromantic community and the agender community, words that come from, you know, the non-binary community. I mean, this is what I want. I want I want the world to like understand the spectrum of identity, but more importantly, I want us all to have a moment where we feel really affirmed with who we are. You know, I think our community, gay and queer community has just gone through, and I say gay and queer a lot because, you know, for a while, um, you know, everything was gay, 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 gay pride, gay this, gay that, right? And so now it's more to like queer, everything's queer. So I, I like to honor um, both those umbrella terms because it also shows the evolution and it also it feels more inclusive to me. So I like to say, if I'm not going to say the LGBTQI+, I do like to say the gay and queer community or the gay and queer spectrum because it feels more inclusive. Um, but yeah, so I just, I just, I feel like we have gone through so much where I just want us to speak and speak loudly. So uh, I think it was just a passion project that took 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 me over and here here it is <laughs> well in and now is it penguin penguin random house right or penguin yeah so it's um clarkson potter is the imprint uh, okay. uh with okay. penguin random house so and i guess this is nice little time for a new reveal but so this is uh the original mm -hmm. and i would like to make the announcement as of yesterday that this is the uk version oh. 
nice. So um, now they're moving to. That's beautiful. So the UK version, we did the um, cover announcement yesterday, and it comes out June 17th, 2021. And um, this is also Penguin Random House UK, but the imprint is uh, Square Peg, who is a part of Vintage. Okay. That's mm -hmm. awesome. It's it's gorgeous. And I I already had a sneak peek because I follow you on Instagram. So I already saw it. I was like, ooh. It's pretty, right? It's pretty. It's and so um pretty. definitely um beautiful forward by my it's just it's just it's it's I don't know. I'm a bit blown away because I feel like it is a true testament that how how important this resource is, right? To it's not just, it is a dictionary. You we will always credit it as such because I want to make sure everyone knows that this is scholarly. Like this is research. This is um, so many sensitivity reads, but also that it is like a, it's history. You know what I mean? And, it, and it's also the now, it's also what's happening now. So, you know, those spreads, you know, I showed the gender bread person, but there's also spreads about gays and military and the evolution of that, right? Um, it talks about the queer family dynamic and, you know, that unique experience of gay and queer parents, same sex and queer parents raising children, um, whether it be adoption, you know, uh, donor insemination, surrogates or, or children that have just come from previous relationships. It dives into um, hate crimes and violence because we have to talk about this, right, it's particularly when we talk about black trans women you know the 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 violence and and murders you know are disproportionate so i just want to dive into what is really going on within our community the beauty of it you know and the stonewall and and pride parades and you know harlem renaissance um as well as just pronouns right um but we also have to dive deep you know, into like LGBTQ youth homelessness, especially during COVID. So I just want to just get give a, a larger spectrum of of our world for everyone to see, because you know a lot of times we we're looking through the lens one way, and so I, I want us to kind of have a broader spectrum of what's really happening within our community. Well, of course, and I think that. You know, you, you said it's a it's a dictionary, it's scholarly, and I I can't imagine there's there's a whole lot of plot to it, but at the same time, it seems like it's still telling a story. You know, it, it's oh, yeah. it, it's still telling our story, right? It's telling many stories. Um, I actually have a dedication in the beginning of the book, and I I I, I dedicate the dictionary to everyone who's just been brave. And to stand in who they are, even when others weren't supportive, and for allowing me to share the essence of our words, you know what I mean, within our within our umbrella of our community. So, yeah, it is stories. It is plural. It's so many stories. It's so many experiences. Um, particularly, even how it was researched. I mean, I, I sat down with so many different people through interviews and group discussions and one-on-one -on -one discussions just about language and the words you use and how do you define it? Because how person A defined it is actually a little different of how person C defined it. And then there was some similarities and that's also what helped me be able to navigate like how to truly define these, these terms and if we needed to have more definitions. So, yeah, but it is, it's stories. It's the many voices that you know, I came in contact with, you know. Well, and I, and I think that's super important. We've already been talking about intersectionality a little bit, um, you know, and so all these these different layers. And I was just thinking, you know, I, I was thinking about my, my own experiences being, you know, being Jay, that's the only person I, I know. Um, and then versus your experiences mm -hmm. and how different your experiences are going to be at being a, a bisexual black woman, you know, is you know, a vastly different experience than, than mine. That's right. And, you know, does, does a resource like this, you know, give you a, a little bit more insight maybe in, into, into your own history, into your own sexuality, you know, for somebody picking it up? Yeah. Well, for me, particularly, I was 
quite proud to learn more about the Harlem Renaissance, right? Because that that's history that I knew, but like to go more in depth, I can pull up the um, the spread, but to go more in depth with like my, about my sheroes, Zora Neale Hurston and uh, Josephine Baker, but there's also uh, Langston Hughes and Alan Locke and Ma Rainey. So to go, you know, dive deeper into, you know, what life was like in the 1920s to be to be black and queer. You know what I mean? Like, I thought that was amazing to learn about the Savoy Ballroom and the Hamilton Lounge and like how these drag balls or faggot balls, because they called it faggot balls, were so celebrated. I mean, like over 2,000, 3,000 people would pack themselves in these places to to watch the grandeur of black excellence you know the dance the music the sound the things that are you know what people will always love um so yeah it was it was great but it, it was just as beautiful as me being able to sit down and learn about the leather community you know um to learn about the daddies and and sirs and girls and boys and you know, to learn about, um, you know, the dominance and submissiveness and role play and aftercare, you know, just, I felt empowered too, you know what I mean? To, 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 to dive in and, and know that it's, it's sexual liberation in such, in such a, a way, you know what I mean? And so I felt empowered learning more about that too. So, um, yeah, I, I love it. And you have, a, you have a new fan here, and hopefully many. Uh, Rebecca Jonesy, who's one of our sponsors, and a dear friend uh, um, has been commenting throughout. I think that she is buying your book online. <laughs> online. I love it. Yes, <laughs> bye, bye, bye. Um, <laughs> yes, you can and also visit um, the Queen's English US, www.thequeensenglishus.com. Um, that's the website for the book. And it's, it's interactive because there's also, um, it, it gives you, you know, some insight on the book, um, but it also gives you videos. And I, this platform, I called it Inside the Queen's English. And it's me sitting down with the different individuals to talk about the power of language and terms that truly identify, you know, them. And um, we, we have things on transmasculine, um, ASL and being queer, <laughs> Um of course, the ballroom scene. We we have bisexual. There's there's a lot on there. Um, it's, it's wonderful. It really is. Thank you. It, it's great. So you know, I have a, a question for you, and mm -hmm. this and this is not only for me. This is also for Rebecca because I'm sure she's wondering. You know, when I was young, um, and I, I'm talking, you know, probably preteen or maybe you know, you know, middle school age, we mm -hmm. used to sometimes go through the dictionary and we'd look up the naughtiest words possible because you mm -hmm. wanted to read about naughty stuff. And oh, there's naughty words in here. I was going to say, is there, is there anything really naughty in here? <laughs> I mean, look, we talk about sex. We got to talk about sex. Sex is big. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right? <laughs> Sexual orientation. Um, but uh, yeah, so so I will say there are, there are some, um, you know, words in here. But they were limited because I really wanted to uh, make the the reader uh, the broaden the range of readers, right? So mm -hmm. I feel like sixteen plus, even fifteen plus, can can dive into this, right? I feel like you're mature enough to do this. Um, so I will say some some of the words did get booted. It's okay. It'll be another um, another edition, um, like an after dark edition. How'd you know? Because that's what I want to name it. That's exactly what I, I want to name it. I want to name it the Queen's English After Dark. Yes. Send me a copy immediately. It's coming. Um, uh, well, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to pull up. Uh, what about there are otter? definitely words in what, here. What is an otter? Oh, like eat out. Oh, yeah. Like eat out. <laughs> oh, oh, otter. Oh, otter. Yeah, yeah. Because you said otter when you were talking about. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right. So, oh, so here, you know, I'm going to pull up. Uh, it's another uh, vertical page, but it's called What's My Gay Type? Ooh. And it dives into, um, again, expressions, right, that are common in the gay male community, particularly the white gay male community, though. Okay. So here it goes. 
So this is, there you go. So this is also kind of like a vertical page. There it is. Okay. What's my gay type? And uh, I love the design Danielle created. Uh, she's with uh, Clarkson Potter with Penguin. So an otter. So we have different categories. It'll say, let me go back. There it is. So we have gay type, body, hair, age, think, right? Okay. So otter. Thin. Okay. Body. Thin and athletic. Hair. Lots. Um, age. Any. Think. Gay man who is athletic, hairy, and at the gym several times a week. <laughs> this this has got to be like the most comprehensive dictionary ever. I'm, I'm loving this. <laughs> I, I I know it's the I I didn't mess around like, but I and maybe it's my personality too. I'm I'm a Capricorn, you know, I'm very detailed. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I just I just didn't want to leave anything out. You know, I really. I want it to be so clear and concise that we all understand it. I wanted it to be as inclusive as possible because that's important. Um, you know, I want people to see themselves. Um, and I wanted it to be as accurate as possible. And so that's why I went through so many sensitivity reads because I wanted to hear, I needed to keep, continue to hear concerns, if any, you know, or or ideas. I mean, I remember way back, maybe in like 2014 or 15, um, that's when I actually started the research on finding these did you knows and the usage notes because I did like a, a reading of the dictionary. I did lots of readings when I felt good. I'm like, okay, I'm ready. And we'll like kind of skim through some stuff. And everyone loved it. They're like, you know, I just want to know more about the word. I was like, what do you want it? What do you mean more? They're like, I think it would be really nice if just like, where did the word come from? And like how it's evolved and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, more work. Great. Okay. Great. <laughs> um, but I think that was the best suggestions ever because um, that's honestly one of my favorite parts. I, I love high five. Yes. Capricorn. But um, I really, really love those nuances. Right. I mean, yes, I, I I loved doing the usage examples because, I, you know, that's the creativity. That's when it's like, okay, I have to, I want you to feel it. I want you to feel the nuance of the word, right? Um, if it's, is it funny? Is it, is it uh, sassy? Is it um, nasty? You know, is it, or is it, is it serious? Is it deliberate? Like, right. I want it to feel that because that, that's our, our community, but, you know, doing that extra research to like, and I would, I would go down pigeon, like the, what do they call it? The rabbit hole all the time. Cause like, wow, I need to know more. I need to know more, you know, books, books, books. And, you know, thank goodness you're right. Like resources became more readily available um, later on in, in this process. But uh, yeah, those are my favorite parts because it dives into like more information. It dives into the history, you know? And I think the other favorite part is like my, the illustrations that I'm a creative, so the illustrations and colors it's like i mean it's cool it seems really <laughs> joyful and well and then and that makes sense because right at the beginning you you told us it was a celebration and mm -hmm. and this is right off the the front of the book here where we have uh, history identity and pride mm -hmm. and and you know i i feel like it could it could be a like a, a little festival you know, yeah. a little folk festival. And and that would be it, you know, history, identity, and pride, you know, the, the Queen's English. And mm. you know, thinking about this, Doug, it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like, okay, you know, I'm I'm going to Barnes and Noble or to Penguin's website to buy a dictionary or an encyclopedia because I need to have this reference material on my desk. It it feels more exciting than that, you know. It feels yeah. like you're you're buying a piece of love almost. I don't know. You, that sounds yeah. <laughs> well, you have to get your copy and okay. you know. I want to say too that it is that resource that we need. It is, but it's just also something that celebrates and it's exciting. It is exciting, but it is the resource that that we need. Um, and I and I am doing like DEI types of workshops, um, because it is a great resource to help understand, you know, language that is empowering and appropriate, right? And um in workspaces and in educational spaces and in medical spaces. Yeah. And, 
and in writing spaces, as many people who watch the show know, we, we, we always talk about sensitivity readers, and mm-hmm. um, and that's a very, very important thing. And this is another good reference to, to add to that. Before going out to the sensitivity readers, if you're <laughs> writing anything that has anything to do with the queer community, this might be uh, really helpful for you. But, uh, mm-hmm. but Chloe, you've been amazing. It was so good to talk to you again. I'm so glad you made it tonight. Me too. And it actually was like, oh, you know, it, it's it. This conversation has also grounded me because I was, whew, I was, I was up there. I was kind of shaky, but I a feel little a little bit grounded. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so thank you. But I, I appreciate your energy and you know, it's always so well received. So thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate yeah. it. You're very welcome. And I want to, I've got to give a shout out to uh, Rebecca. Rebecca, let me see. Rebecca, it looks like you still have not sent in a video for us to put. Rebecca, Rebecca, Rebecca. But this is Rebecca Jonesy, Mistress Rebecca Dirty Jonesy. Um, because Rebecca not only writes uh, cool fantasy stuff, but she also writes some very, very naughty stuff. And I have a feeling that after tonight's episode that she's going to have some new words to add into her very, very naughty stuff. Um, <laughs> but Rebecca's wonderful. You will, you will love her books, especially if you like to, to get a little down and dirty with your reading. Um, and to everybody out there watching, make sure you like and subscribe, share it around, tell your friends, all that good stuff. And check out uh, Chloe's book. And there's going to be a link right to her, her website in the uh, episode description. And, um, yeah, I think that's about it. I think we had a pretty good show tonight. I think so, too. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, good night, everybody. <laughs> okay.